I'm your host, Dora Vandekamp. Welcome to the Biohack Your Beauty podcast, where we take a deep dive into the world of biohacking, lifestyle, wellness, and self-development. Join me in uncovering the mysteries of beauty, anti-aging, and ultimate longevity with the experts, teachers, and guides who are leading the health revolution. Greetings, beautiful ones. I hope you're having an amazing week. Today's episode is all about embodying your truest and most authentic self. Feminine embodiment mentor, Hannah Dillon, joins us to discuss how to fully step into your feminine power. Hannah shares methods for building self-worth, embodiment practices to help release old programming and limiting beliefs, what to do when you are in a relationship and can't fully express yourself, and some delicious ways to explore your own sexuality. Before we dive in, I wanted to shout out Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is an ultra personalized nutrition and wellness platform that analyzes data from your blood, DNA, and lifestyle to help you optimize your body and reach your goals. And as I've shared in my Instagram stories, I chose their ultimate plan, which includes a blood draw to test for 43 total biomarkers, as well as an inner age test to know my current inner age. Out of 43 biomarkers, I have five at-risk biomarkers that I'm now working on with their amazing nutrition specialists. And I'm using the Inside Tracker app, which I love for helping me keep track of my biohacking and anti-aging goals. I have definitely seen a difference in my energy levels since I've made these changes and also in my mood and anxiety levels, which has been really, really amazing for me. I feel really empowered knowing what is going on with my health and my body. And I'm very excited to keep you updated as I experience more changes. All right, my loves, enjoy the show. Hello, Hannah. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing so good. Thank you, Dora. I am so happy to connect with you here, to have you on this podcast. We kind of go back a ways. We met because of yoga. I was a student of yours and it was right when I had moved to Florida and I found you and I was blown away. I, I loved your yoga classes. And now mm-hmm. here you are, a feminine embodiment mentor. Can you tell a little bit about that transition and what led mm-hmm. you to where you are now? Mm, yes. Thank you so much. I, I also love just like reflecting on how connections are made and, you know, what can transpire. So I love that we are reconnecting at this time. Um, yeah, so gosh, it's been such a journey the last seven years, really. Um, I would say, you know, I always loved seeing how people would transform after my yoga class, you know, and just the feedback that I would receive when people came up to me and, you know, sometimes people would really cry in my arms at times. I just feel like I kind of had that 
natural essence of space holding throughout my life. Um, and then, you know, friends would always reach out to me asking for advice around, you know, relationships, their own sexuality, um, you know, how to really like access their inner confidence. And so I feel like it just was this natural evolution also going through a really intense and deep healing journey myself, of course, um, over the last really like eight, nine years. Um, and I just had a lot of relationships where I lost my power completely. I lost myself. I didn't know who I was. You know, I kind of went after the, like the bad boy manipulator type. Um, and I really was just so confused and felt really shitty about myself for a while, to be honest. And I was like, I know that I'm such a powerful woman and I know that I have so much to give and so much to offer to this world. Um, and I loved yoga, but I knew I was ready for the next level. I felt like I was kind of outgrowing it in a way. And I just went really deep into soul searching and really deep into my own healing journey and hired my own mentors and healers and coaches and invested a lot of time, money, and energy into my own, um, you know, awakening, I would say. And through that, I realized that I was like, I need to support other women in really claiming their power, their sovereignty, um, you know, their sacred sexuality, I like to call it, because it's it's so crazy and and not a good feeling being in a place where you can see that you're powerful, but you don't know how to access it yet and you don't know how to execute it. So that's a little bit about how, you know, my journey started and, and why I am so passionate about really helping women like come into their, um, you know, their full sovereignty. I love that so much. And I, I resonate with that so much because I too, and I think many listeners out there can identify with that feeling of giving away your power in a relationship and constantly mm -hmm. finding yourself in a pattern, right? Where you're like, why am I here again? I thought I, <laughs> I, I like nip, nap this in the bud and here I am. Yes. Uh, exactly. what, do you, what do you feel like is the reasoning for that? Is that the confidence issue or do you feel like it's deeper than that? It's what I've seen in clients and in myself. It's deeper than that. Um, it could be a multitude of reasons. It could be, you know, for me, I, I was really attracted to like a lot of older men. I had a, an old lover who was literally twice my age. I was 24 and he was 48 at the time when I met him. Um, and I was, it was the father wound. It was like, you know, wanting to receive the love from my dad through him that I never like fully received from my father growing up. So it could be that, um, you know, I also get a lot of women who like are attracted to older men as you know, the maturity and different things as well. Um, and then it's, it's also, you know, unfortunately it's not just men, but you know, there's like this narcissistic programming, I call it, you know, that narcissistic template of, um, of, you know, belittling your partner because you don't have your power. So the way that a part, you know, a man or woman wants it, the only way they know how to gain their power is to belittle someone else. And then it's like, I started to question myself of, wait, am I crazy? And, you know, why am I apologizing for something now that, you know, he did to me? So there's like gaslighting and it, again, there's, there's layers of it. Right. Um, and then of course, like there is that huge umbrella of worthiness and so many women 
and men too, because I work with men a little bit as well on the side, um, that, you know, they don't feel worthy. They don't feel good enough. So they attract a partner to try and fill that void and the void never becomes filled. And when you work with women and you work with men, what is the um, foundation for you when it comes to that worthiness? How do you feel like we can build that sense when it's not there? Mm, Great question. I would say I invite a lot of my clients to do different types of embodiment and self-love and self-pleasure practices. Um, and that's a huge part of my work is really having that devotion and that discipline, um, to really release, you know, the old programs, the, the limiting beliefs that we hold on to. Um, so I work mind, body, and spirit connection. So, you know, I'll just give an example of one practice that I invite all of my clients into is something called mirror work, where I will guide them through certain prompts of literally staring themselves down in the mirror and really go into town, like really speaking deep into your soul. And it can be very confronting and uncomfortable for a lot of people to do that work. Um, And I would say that's definitely one of the places I start pretty much all of my clients. Wow. Mm -hmm. I've done mirror work (laughs) and it is indeed very intense because And there is something to that as well. Like your eyes are the mirror to your, to your soul. I think that's the Mm -hmm. saying. And, uh, it is, it's true. When you look at yourself in your own eyes and you're confronting some things that you may not want to confront, it can be really emotional. (laughs) So let's, let's maybe talk a little bit about just how we heal our own bodies and kind of what embodiment looks like as well, because that's something you teach is feminine embodiment. So what is, what is feminine embodiment? Hmm, Great question. So feminine embodiment is a way of being, it's not necessarily a doing this. And when you take a look at the feminine energy, it's an isness, it's an essence It is a way of being. So practicing or taking on the work of feminine embodiment is no easy path. It is about feeling all of your emotions within reason, you know, not getting too trapped in your emotions, but it is giving yourself full permission to go into your grief, to go into your sorrow, to go into your rage. And then, okay, when you start to feel that, how do we alchemize it? How do we transmute it out of our system, out of our body? And then that's where the somatic experiences come in, which are basically when you're going into the somatic body, it's where the emotion is stored, right? So a lot of my teachings and work is about how do we purge these emotions out through crying, through sounds like vocal exhales, maybe through punching pillows, through, you know, dancing your absolute heart out. So different practices and rituals and modalities that are going to support you in clearing these emotions and feeling them through the body. And then from that, you are creating space in your energy fields and you are creating space in your body for the higher frequencies and for the 
joy to come back through, for the grace to come back through, for the love to literally, you know, envelop you. So it's about like really tuning into your body and to your emotions and learning how to navigate them in a way where you take ownership of them. So you don't project them onto other people. And so you don't hold on and suppress them. Mm. That's amazing. And then is that something when you're teaching that and when, when women are incorporating these practices into their daily life? Are you working with them to create kind of routines around that? Or is it really something where like when it comes up, that's when you scream or that's when you punch the pillow? Or is it something more of like, you know, you create a ritual around that every single day? Oh, great question. I always tell people and tell my clients, like, you don't need to force something to come up if it's not there, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I am very devoted and always invite my clients into creating daily rituals for themselves um, to connect with them, to connect with their soul and their essence, whether that's, you know, a 15 minute journaling practice, you know, a little bit of a yoga flow. So I always invite my clients into movement, you know, journaling, sitting in meditation. So depending on where they're at in their journey, I will kind of bring up the heat with the exercises And I've been working with a client for the last six months and our call the other day, she's like, I feel like there's some like trapped anger in me. Like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, oh, great. This is like my specialty. (laughs) Like anger and rage doesn't uh, scare me anymore. It used to, because I saw my dad and I think this is what happens with a lot of people with, um, you know, anger and rage. They, they're, people grow up with parents that, you know, don't have, didn't have these tools. Uh, most of the time, and they express their anger in an unhealthy way where it harmed other people, right? The way that I teach my clients to release their anger and express it is a way in which they are doing the work literally all themselves. So they don't project it onto other people. So it doesn't come out in healthy ways. So they don't get reactive in situations, not to say that won't ever happen, but I believe a woman who has tapped into, I call the wild woman archetype, uh, which is also connected to our G spot, which I can get into a little bit later. It's a cool connection. A woman who connects with her wild woman archetype is no longer afraid to face herself and face all the ways that she has either betrayed herself, not listened to her intuition, you know, denied her intuition, um, conformed herself based on what society thought that she should be or how she should act. So it's like this breaking free, right? Like kind of breaking out of the cage. Um, and that's where you get in touch with your anger and rage. I believe that we all have suppressed anger and rage. And if anyone listening here hasn't gotten in touch with that, reach out to me and let's talk. (laughs) (laughs) Because oh, that's man. where the liberation starts to happen, truly. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. And I love that you mentioned the wild woman archetype because I love the book. Um, and Clarissa Pinkola Estes, her mm-hmm. work is amazing. And and the, the interesting thing that you mentioned is the idea of holding yourself accountable in a way, which I think can, can be really hard when you 
are looking to find love within yourself and Mm -hmm. also hold yourself accountable yet not feel shame around conforming or maybe going back on your word or like you said, Mm -hmm. like saying yes when you meant no. Yes, absolutely. And coming through pretty strongly, you know, right now that I'm, I know I started earlier, um, just what you said really landed and hit home for me because that's kind of what I was doing towards the end of my relationship that I just recently ended. And it was a beautiful relationship. You know, it wasn't toxic. It was a good person. And the ways in which my feminine gets to be so loud and rambunctious and full, like my inner feminine, she is a full woman and energy. And I wasn't able to go all the way there. I went like 90% there. And even that 10%, I'm not a type of woman that can do that. Mm -hmm. Right. So I actually did go against myself and was out of integrity for a little while, but I just didn't want to see it. Like I kind of saw it, but I was in denial about it. And then, you know, through becoming in touch, so in touch with my body over the years, I, the last three days, I had literally had like what felt like a bowling ball lodged into my stomach, the heaviest dense energy. And I knew it was nothing that I ate. I knew it was nothing like that. I knew it was stuck, trapped emotions and energy that were screaming at me. Mm-hmm. And finally, you know, when the last night I was tossing and turning in so much pain, I had to go outside. And when I say literally scream rage out of me and purge like this foreign energy out of me, it was so freaking intense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, this is what happens, Hannah, when you don't listen right? And I've been in my path for nine years now. And I've had so many lessons on trusting my intuition and myself. It was just a a different, it was different this time because other relationships that I've had were really toxic and the very extreme highs and lows. Um, This wasn't like that. So I was like, well, I really want to try and make it work, right? I really want to go for it and, and do my best and give it my all. And I did. And I didn't want to accept that the chapter was just coming to an end. Mm -hmm. And so when I finally came into the acceptance of that, Dora, this was only a week ago, less than a week ago, my entire world and reality has literally opened up a plethora of abundance, prosperity, infinite opportunities, totems left and right. And if you're not sure what totems are, it's like little symbolisms, like the butterfly, the the butterfly is literally all around me every single place I go. Mm -hmm. So the reason why I felt called to share this part of my story and my journey is because even though I've done so much work on myself, um, I am still in my evolution too. I am still in my human body too. And I will share that I have not felt so in my power and so liberated in a very, very long time. So to anyone who's listening, who is just starting out on your path in the depths of your spiritual awakening, no matter where you are, just know that, I hate to say it, the work never ends. (laughs) And at the same time, when you start to learn more and more about yourself and realize like, this is what I need, desire, and require in a partnership, in a living situation, in my career path, in order to feel the words that are coming through are like 
flourished, nourished, and fulfilled in every aspect, the lessons will start to shift and won't have to feel as painful anymore. Mm. I love that. And I'm with you. It's never ending, but that's good because I always think, you know, the lessons that you learn, they open you up to greater things and greater abundance. And it's always the pendulum swinging, right? Like it has to kind of swing all the way one way to swing further the other way. And so there's something really powerful about that. What would you tell someone who's in a relationship who feels Mm. like they're not able to fully express themselves? Mm. I would tell someone I've been there. (laughs) I feel you. I understand you. And I was you. And what it comes down to is, you know, what is your, what are your non-negotiables for yourself when it comes to relationship? What does it feel like in your body, not being able to express yourself fully? And lastly, are you willing to continue to live with yourself in this capacity in this way? Mm-hmm. So asking yourself those three questions will really help you get clear. If, if you're okay with, you know, holding things back and that's okay for you. I mean, by all means, I'm just not like that. I, I literally can't live with myself. It will eat me alive, mm-hmm. not being able to be my 100% uninhibited free self. Mm-hmm. And if you're a bill like me, then you will understand that, <laughs> you know, we're a different breed. I like to say not nothing better than, or worse than just born differently. Right. And so you get to really check in with yourself, sit with yourself, look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself these questions and get honest with yourself. You know, when you get really honest with yourself and I know it's not easy, trust me. I know it's not easy to, whether it's walking away from the relationship or just bringing a conversation to your partner and saying, Hey, something's really come up for me and I'm having some anxiety about this. And I just, I really need to be able to express it to you. Are you able to listen and hold space for a moment? You know, so it's learning the art of communication is priceless in your life and in relationship, because if you don't learn how to communicate, you will suffer. You will suffer. I think you brought up something really important as well is that, you know, a lot of us have created kind of a perception in our relationship of who we are. And then we may change or we may feel more called to show a deeper version of ourselves. And I think that can be really scary for a lot of us when we've been in either in some way performative in our relationship, or maybe Mm. we're discovering new depths in our relationship. And I think sometimes Mm -hmm. we just tend to walk away instead of first trying to communicate or first trying to show ourselves and just see the reaction from our partners instead of kind of um, assuming that they're going to react a certain way. And then I think it's also just allowing that person because often, right, especially I, I think if you have not liberated yourself or if you haven't worked on that yet, you often are a caretaker in your relationship. And so Mm. making your partner uncomfortable can feel really, really scary, right? Because you're the one (laughs) who's supposed to have it all together. You're the one who's supposed to keep 
the peace and keep that person comfortable and safe. And so I think it's such a powerful thing to even just dare to have those conversations, like you said, with your partner and dare to be rage and be angry and Mm -hmm. be imperfect and be messy. Uh, Because I think that's something you talk about too, is like, we are so multifaceted as women. We're not Mm -hmm. just the, you know, innocent woman or the the duchess or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like we have all of these different facets. We're wild. We're, you know, we're sexy. We're Mm -hmm. innocent. We're wise woman. Wise. Yes. So many aspects to us. So many aspects. And so like letting yourself be seen in all of those ways and then letting yourself be loved in all of those ways is really freaking scary because Mm -hmm. you might lose your partner. Right. But then, Mm -hmm. like you said, if that means you lose your partner or it means that you have to move on as you're doing and, and looking towards something that feels in alignment, that's really powerful and empowering. It just means, like you said, that you have to risk that there's, it's taking a a risk, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And ultimately it's comes down to like, are you choosing, are you choosing you? Right. Mm -hmm. Are, or are you suppressing yourself in any way just to please someone else and, you know, make a relationship work that, you know, deep down is not going to fill you up in the ways that you need, mm. you know? So it's, that's why I also really support women in toning into their intuition because that's our superpower. That's our gift. And when we're not connected to that, we're confused. We're lost. We're always asking other people, what do you think I should do? Right. And it's okay to confide in other people and hear their input, but ultimately it comes down to what do you want? What do you desire? What do you need for yourself? How do you, how do you connect deeper to your intuition? Me personally? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Great question. I want to share a really quick story of one of the first times that I listened to my intuition and I was very young. I was not very young, but I was 18, 19 years old. I was going to college at Boston university and I was not happy there. And I really felt was, it was the first time that I felt like, "Mm." my soul isn't meant to be here. Like, I don't think I'm meant to be here. And I kind of feel trapped. And like, what is this? You know? Um, and I, I started feeling it my sophomore year, but I didn't have the guts. I didn't have the strength to walk away and, and, you know, take a gap year or drop out, whatever it looked like. And then I think I found this article or my friend sent me this article about a woman who described that, you know, my soul was trapped in a place where I knew it didn't belong. And I don't know if it was college for her. She walked away from something big. And I was just like, holy shit, that's me. Like, that is me. And I remember telling my parents, they knew how I was feeling for a long time. And long story short, I went back to college, second semester, junior year, walked into the administration office, told them, um, I need to file to withdraw from college. And it was, it literally took less than 10 minutes. 
there were two boxes. They gave me this one sheet of paper. There were two boxes that says, you know, um, like leap year or gap year. You could check the gap year or you could say withdraw. And as I'm like, you know, just writing my name and everything, the woman goes, you know, you know, sweetheart, just want to let you know, if you check that withdraw box and you decide you want to come back to college, you have to re-enroll and reapply to come back into college. And I go, I look at her straight in the eye. I go, oh, I'm sure. (laughs) I was so sure about what I needed to do in order to honestly bring back joy and peace and come back to myself and just figure myself out. And I did it. I handed it in. I walked out of that administration office. And I remember looking up at the sky on Com Ave in Boston University by the chills. And I was like, oh my God, I'm free. Mm-hmm. Like that was an experience of liberation that showed me the power that I had within myself to listen. And people were telling me that I was crazy, that, you know, you only have a year and a half left. What are you doing? You need the degree. Um, you know, just all oh, so much and, and, and shame was there, but I literally didn't have another option and I knew it. And that was, again, one of the first major experiences where I listened to myself going against the grain, going against what society wanted for me, what my family thought was best for me. And my journey, I believe really started then, which was back in like 2013. Um, and it was the best decision I could have ever made for myself. That's so powerful because there are so many of us who would take such a long time to get there, Mm. such a long time to get to that place where they're like, I don't care what anyone thinks. I can't do it anymore. I need to liberate myself. And so it's so cool that you found that in that experience and in a way kind of early on that that was Mm -hmm. so strong within you that you knew, like you 100% knew. Yes. Yes. So I know that didn't like fully answer your question, but I would say, honestly, what was your original question about (laughs) how do I harness my intuition basically? Yeah. How do you tune into it? Yeah. What I can say about trusting and harnessing your intuition is you must peel the layers of garbage that you've collected, the limiting beliefs, other people's opinions, other people's, you know, belief systems that have been imprinted on you, generational trauma, um, so many things that you and so many of us have taken on unconsciously or consciously over the years that literally block us from feeling our intuition. Mm -hmm. So it's a process, you know, I do some of that in my work as well. And it is getting into the body, you know, doing your rituals, committing to sitting with yourself in silence and asking your higher self, spirit, God, whatever it is you believe in, show me the way. What's the next step for me? Please show me clearly. And writing, writing and writing and getting in touch with your emotions. And you will feel, you get to learn how to feel and not be afraid of your emotions. And that is going to guide you. And where would somebody begin 
when they are like, I have no idea. I, I don't know how to tune into my intuition. Mm -hmm. Or I, I just feel so lost. Mm. I like have all these limiting beliefs, but I don't know what to do. What would you tell them? Mm. Two things. One, you can totally book a consultation with me. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean that I, I really do mean that I actually am opening up um, my practice for one-on-one sessions. So, and I offer a 30 minute consultation call so we can, you know, drop the link or somehow you can get in contact with me. And then the next place I would start is sitting with yourself in silence and looking at yourself in the mirror and simply placing your hand on your heart placing one hand on your belly or another place that, you know, feels like it needs some extra love and breathing. You can put some little background music on if you want to. Just looking in your eyes. And when you look in your eyes, looking at yourself and seeing past what you're seeing on the physical and this is a saying, and it's known that when you look into your eyes, you're looking into your soul right? And this is intimate. It is confronting, especially if you don't like looking at yourself in the mirror. I, I bring myself, or excuse me, I bring my clients into an exercise of doing this fully naked. Um, so that's like next level, right? If that scares the crap out of you, then you can wait <laughs> to be in my space. <laughs> um, And just asking yourself some questions, you know, those three questions that I mentioned earlier in the call about, you know, are you in your integrity? Do you feel in alignment? Okay. If you were to really just to zoom out for a moment, you know, you just zoom out of your life. Imagine that there's, you know, you're in the bird's eye view and you just take a look at yourself and I want you to witness and watch yourself throughout the day. Watch how you show up in the world. Watch the things that you do, how much we get distracted on our phones, the ways that you hold back. And just asking yourself the question, can I continue to live like this? Do I want to live like this? And starting with just small, simple steps. Maybe it's setting that one boundary that you've been wanting to set, but you've just been so afraid. And you don't like the way that, you know, your mom speaks to you or you don't like when your boyfriend does X, Y, and Z coming from love and and letting this person know, hey, when you say X, Y, and Z, it makes me feel really insecure and, you know, shameful. And I would really appreciate you don't say that anymore. Is that something that you can do? And can you honor me in that way? Right? So it's little tiny steps. It's not like you need to make this dramatic shift like I've done. That's just been my path. But it can be these tiny little things that you do throughout the day and shifting the way that you are in relationships and speaking your truth and setting boundaries. And this is all things that I've had to learn throughout my path and that I absolutely love teaching because I know what it's like to not be able to do that. And it freaking sucks. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if what I am sharing is resonating, then, you know, please reach out, whether it's just even a little chat that we have in a conversation and nothing comes of it. Like I am on a mission to empower this planet and, you know, I work with men too, but primarily women right now. And we, women need to be in their power right now. We need the women in our power. This planet is dying and crying and 
you know, suffering in so many ways and you in your power makes a difference. I want you to know that anyone listening, if you don't feel in your power and you feel lost, confused, and just not sure where to turn, I just want you to know that you are not alone. I have been there myself so much. I've been through the depths of hell. I've been through the dark nights of the soul. And what I can tell you is that I have learned how to die and then literally rebirth myself and come back into my sovereignty, my power, my liberation stronger than ever. And that is what I'm here for. I know there are some um, listeners out there who may be like, well, I want to I want to be fully in my expression. I mm-hmm. want to dance and sing and rage and cry mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and be in my power. But it's going to scare a lot of people I love. It's mm-hmm. going to freak them out. <laughs> uh, okay, yes, I've had that. Honestly, I can give you like, I'm going to give like the tough love answer and then the more compassionate answer. The tough love answer that wants to come through is, so the fuck what? And I hope it's okay that I curse. (laughs) So what? It scares people. If you are living your life for other people, you are never going to be happy and free ever. And then the other side is I understand. And if you're at a place in your life where you know you need to break free of your cage then you get to do it, sister. Because what's on the other side is more than you can imagine. And if you scare some people away, you're not intentionally wanting to do that. And you know what? You might activate something within them that's like, whoa, what's she doing? I want to do that. I need to do that. You know, People see me. I share a lot of my story. I share a lot of my process on my Instagram story of sometimes raging and crying and, you know, just doing the way, doing the things that I need to do to honestly heal myself. And I don't give a F anymore what people think about me. Like I am done with that. I've had to clear so much of that programming and I had it for a long time. I cared so much what people thought from a trauma when I was little. And I was like, people are always going to be talking about me. They're always going to be judging me. They're always going to be criticizing me. What are people going to say? What are they going to think? And it, like swarmed me for years and it had me hide and it held me back for so long. And it was frustrating, really frustrating. So I've, that's been a multi-layered for me. So if you have that programming, like I'm with you. And the question that I would ask you is who are you trying to protect and who are you apologizing to by not being in your full self-expressed self? So good. Mm, It's so good. And I I love that because I I do feel like the only way like over to the other side is like through, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, it's going to probably be scary. It's going to be scary to displease people or make them uncomfortable. And yet the only way to know how it feels and to build that courage is to do it and experience it and get more confident in doing it. So I love it. I think that's powerful. Thank you. Absolutely. It's just like a muscle that you get to keep practicing 
And, you know, over the last nine years of my journey, um, it will still get scary at times, you know, when I have to have a confronting conversation or like, Ooh, I really just want to show up in this way, but how, how are people going to react? And I now realize it's so important to surround myself with people who really see me and understand me and celebrate me in who I am. Mm, So that's, that would be my next invitation is call in and start to, you know, declare for yourself that you will be around people that celebrate your expression. And that was one thing I didn't fully have in my partnership is that I didn't, I wanted, I had a deep desire to be celebrated and who I was. And he just didn't know how to do that. He just wasn't able to, and that's okay. Right. Nothing wrong. Um, just a different frequency match. Mm-hmm. And now I got so clear on what I really need and desire. It's beautiful too, because like you've said before, whenever you open up that space, right, you're making room for what you truly desire, like deep in your Mm -hmm. heart. And Mm -hmm. I can speak from personal experience being in relationships where I was always kind of being suppressed because I was embarrassing them because of my uniqueness and my Mm. different way of doing things and my high standards for my personal lifestyle. And now being with somebody who literally like loves me and worships me and celebrates me and is always shining a spotlight on me when we are out Mm. and and when we're just the two of us. And so I can tell you from personal experience, it's so worth the wait. It's so Mm -hmm. worth the risk, taking the risk to really allow that in. And and I think that of course it's not, you know, black and white, but I can just say that if there is a, if there is that nudge where you're like, there's something better out there, there's something out there that is more in alignment. I think really honoring that and listening to that is, is important. And, and you can explore it with your partner who you have, or you can choose to explore it outside of that relationship and, and in other ways, I think it's really important to consider there's more than one way to do that, but you know, Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just that openness and that willingness that you have and that your partner has to like explore and try things on. And if, you know, you feel like your wings are ready to fly and they're not able to meet you, then, you know, you get to really check in about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And being honest with yourself, I think is, is important. Um, yes. So I think we have to talk about the G spot before uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we made a promise. Mm. So now we have to, yes. we have to honor Fulfill that. It. <laughs> yes, absolutely. The G spot is located inside of our yonis. And if you're not familiar with the term yoni, I don't think I've said it this call yet, which is surprising. Um, <laughs> the yoni is the Sanskrit terminology for a woman's vulva. Um, so that's the internal walls of the vagina. And the G-spot is symbolic for our wild woman archetype. So the G-spot actually holds a ton of anger and rage, and which is also connected to the kidneys. So something that I do in my work and in one of my online courses is teaching women how to do internal yoni massage on themselves with something called a crystal wand. So it is like the shape of a dildo 
And I teach you how to massage the internal walls of your yoni to release trauma, tension, pain, numbness, and tightness, which we store a lot of, especially if you've had pretty intense sexual trauma. I know this can be very intimidating and scary, and I ease you into the process very gracefully. Um, And so when you start to massage the G-spot, what happens with a lot of women, including myself, is that rage will start to come up. And it can be, you know, kind of like, whoa, what is this? This is painful. This is like scary, overwhelming. Um, And so I teach you breathwork techniques, sound techniques to release it. And what happens with some women as well is that the low back will start to hurt because that's also where we store, um, the kidneys also store fear and rage. Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting. And then that starts to open up your inner wild woman, you know, the woman who doesn't need to be all nice all the time and be the people pleaser, but the woman who's liberated in her soul and in herself and isn't afraid to get messy and get in the dirt and, um, you know, release that primal aspect that we have. So the G spot in all is a great way to access that archetype of you, which for me, in my personal opinion, is imperative to embody and tap into as the divine feminine. Mm, ah, so good. <laughs> so powerful. I know mm, thank that. You. And there may be listeners out there as well. And they're like, wow, when I, because there are some women who experience pain during sexual intercourse too. Oh, yeah. So I think it's really amazing what you just shared because that's, I believe connected as well. 100%. It can help so much with that. Mm-hmm. I've had women that started using the wand in their practice and they are now like free of pain during sex. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And when you're free of pain during sex, it's definitely a lot more pleasurable. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. I love it. All right. So we have three questions. We love to ask all of our guests here on the podcast. So the first question is, what is your definition of beauty? Hmm. Beauty is something that you emanate. It is an essence. It is an energy. It's radiance and you can feel beautiful. So it's a feeling as well. And then it can also be, you know, physically adorning yourself and dressing up for yourself and accessing, um, kind of like your innocence in your little girl to amplify that beauty. Mm, I love that. What is your favorite inner or outer beauty tip for our listeners? Mm. Inner or outer beauty tip. What I mentioned a little bit earlier, doing some mirror work with yourself has transformed my life. Highly recommend that. And just taking care of your skin and telling telling your face that you that you love it. I love it. Telling your face that you love it. Mm-hmm. Big one. Mm-hmm. I love that. And where can people find you? Yes. People can find me on Instagram. That's like my, my home turf where I hang out. Um, and my handle is at Hannah H A N N A underscore Dylan D Y L A N underscore at the end. 
And I also wanted to offer everyone, um, I have a gift for everyone, all the listeners. It is a 10 minute free sensual healing meditation, which helps you drop into your body, really come deep into your relaxed nervous system and feel good and, and access your feminine energy. So I will share the link. Um, we'll share the link here. Yay, we will. Thank you so much, Hannah. Mm. This was amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Such an honor to be here. And thank you to all the listeners for staying as long as you stayed. (laughs) (laughs) If you loved this episode, please give this podcast a positive review on iTunes or Spotify. It helps us spread the word about the power of holistic health and beauty, and it helps this podcast grow. If you share your favorite takeaways from this episode on Instagram, please make sure to tag me so I can reshare. Thank you so much for listening. Have a beautiful week.